Hey, Rachel. Hey, Brian. So how was your week? Has it been a week? <laughs> yeah, it's been a week. I it's mean, been, I guess it's, it's been like six days, maybe? Yeah, 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 yeah. But not a month. Maybe a month or a day. It, it all feels runs like together. one long day. We've <laughs> lost our hold on the space-time continuum. <laughs> how long is this podcast going to be? Sometimes I, it's 25 minutes. Sometimes it's 55 minutes. Time stretches out and then consolidates. <laughs> it's a wrinkle in time. Okay, we'll explore that and more. This is Nope. <laughs> the podcast where we shut it down. My name is No. My sign is No. My number is No. You need to let it go. You need to let it go. Need to let it go. Okay, Rachel. So um, last week we talked about Josh and his incredible strength. How is he doing this week? Yeah, he's been doing great. Thanks to everyone who's been checking in and uh, asking about him. He's recovering really well, getting stronger every day. He was even on the um, evening news this week in Channel, Long Island. Channel, Channel 7, I saw, yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, they identified him as Long Island Man in the headline, which was really <laughs> great. <laughs> it's like Florida Man. It's the, like you know. one step above Florida Man. <laughs> but he's not even from Long Island. No, he's from Connecticut, but, but you know. If he if you get sick in Long Island, you are a Long Island Suddenly, man. Okay, he's honorary. <laughs> he's earned his stripes. So um, he was very on message um, that people really need to stay at home and take this thing seriously, um, which brings me to a personal story because not everybody, despite all this, is taking this virus as seriously as they should. No, I went for a brief masked walk and they were like – throngs of children and parents like having play dates on the stoop with no masks and like who are these people they're insane they right and these are like fancy tribeca people they think the virus doesn't like affect is you it know, gonna apply get them? To them no it's gonna get them yeah so like we're still out here in um west hampton and i've been trying to go for a walk around the block at least once a day usually with coco and uh aj and we were walking outside yesterday and this guy who lives around the block just like came up to us and crossed over that six foot invisible barrier zone which like was shocking you know and, yeah. and then he just like proceeds to pet coco and it happened so fast and i just like, <laughs> after everything i've been through i just started panicking and i started screaming um, <laughs> like sh shrieking like, or yes. like get away i was just like no no don't do that what are you doing i was like i tested positive for the virus i tested positive and like, He's like oh then you have the antibody you're fine and then he like freaked out and took a step back you know and then like i was all apologetic because i'm a woman and I like I like <laughs> reflexively apologize for everything and I was framing it as if like I was concerned for him because I had tested positive a couple weeks earlier but really I was concerned for myself because if this guy is just like willy-nilly running around petting dogs he's definitely carrying the virus and like even though and he's Josh definitely and I, he's definitely petting other people as well I mean he's just like in he's like invading spaces you know and like even though me and Josh had the virus and we've recovered the jury is still out on whether we have total immunity and how long that immunity lasts. Like, yeah, we don't no, know the science. We don't no, know no. the science yet. And until we have like serological testing to determine our antibody levels, I'm I don't want to interact with anybody. Stay away. No, and you don't, and you don't want them interacting with Coco. We don't know no, the, the dog. No, the... nope to that. Nope. 
to petting dogs. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Do not touch. Do not approach. Stand down. Just stand down. That was a pre... We haven't even gotten to the notes yet. That was your personal passion note. I I mean, I had a meltdown in the middle of the street. It was crazy. Okay, well, before we dive into the depths of Nope, we had we had such good feedback. Our ratings were sky high after our return. You know, you worry. You're gone for a month like we were. You, do people forget about you? Did the push notifications go away? But no, it was incredible. No, they were here for us. We're so grateful for the support and all the positive reviews. And uh, keep them coming. We got one this week from someone named Gina Smith who said, so sorry to hear of your COVID-19 encounters and thankful you all seem to be doing well. Well, and it just that lifts our spirits and keeps us going, you know. Yeah, and you don't you don't even know Gina Smith. Uh, no, I don't, but I, I would like to. <laughs> but we Call know you me. now. We love you, <laughs> Gina Smith. Yeah, I had friends from high school. I had all kinds of people who I didn't think listened to the podcast. Turns out, do. It just yeah. took that little extra COVID heartstrings to get them to get <laughs> right, in to touch. Get them to like... All we had to do was have, get a life-threatening virus and survive for them to get in touch. To get in touch and tell us how much they like us. So we, we love that. So okay. Keep it, so keep it up. So for our longstanding fans here, you may remember a long time ago, towards the beginning of the podcast, we used to be obsessed with animal stories. And we haven't had one for a while. And what we used to say is that animals and humans should not mix. That is one of our core tenets, our core values here. Yes. And, and um, we realized this was not intentional. We don't plan this. We're not like we – we're too lazy to plan any of this. These news items just like crossed our path. And like the Insaniac in West Hampton, and we said there are all these animal stories. We're going to talk about animals this week a lot. Yes, we um, have created uh, something of an animal spectacular for you. <laughs> a, pack- a package, an animal a package. package. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, – yeah, I mentioned the incident with Coco, um, but there's just so much going on in the animal kingdom. Um, if a societal shutdown was not enough, uh, urban dwellers now have to contend with what I'm calling the rise of the planet of the rats. Oh, God. Uh, like, it's a nightmare. Uh, it's I'm like, like, it, like Indiana Jones with the snake. That's how I am with rats. If I see a rat, I will cross the street. I will never walk on that block again. Yeah. Except if it's my block, yeah. (laughs) It's like um, 1984, you know? So um, basically, humans went into hiding with this pandemic, and now there's this vermin resurgence because their their traditional sources of food, which is garbage from restaurants, has all but disappeared. And so NBC News had a story, and they're reporting that given these dire circumstances, the rats are going to resort to cannibalism, rat battles, and even infanticide (laughs) to survive. Rat battles. Rat battles in the streets. I would pay to see that. (laughs) Is that like like cockfighting? Cockfighting, rat battles. Um, Yeah, maybe it's going on. We wouldn't know because we're stuck in our homes, but rat battles are happening everywhere. The New York rats are so big, we could probably see them from our windows. Probably, yeah. What if it was a a rap battle? A rat battle combined with a rap rap battle? battle? Yeah, like Eminem. When Broadway reopens, that <laughs> <laughs> I see the next big hit, Lin Manuel Miranda, <laughs> starring in Rat Rap Battle. 
<laughs> so anyway, so they interviewed this um, urban rodentologist named Bobby Corrigan, and he told NBC that the closure of restaurants will usher in situations just like we've seen in the history of mankind, where people try to take over lands, and they come in with militaries and armies and fight to the death, literally, for who's going to conquer the land. And that's what happens with rats. A new army of rats comes in, and whichever army has the strongest rat is going to conquer. This is scary. This is amazing. No, this is the best dystopian plot I've ever heard. It's fantastic. It's like Mad Max, Fury Road. This is amazing. It's amazing. My phone is ringing, but I'm not going to oh. answer it. Oh, your landline? The landline. Who Old calls school. a landline? Who Tele- calls a landline? Exactly. It's a telemarketer. It has yeah. to be. Nobody calls a landline. <laughs> Shut up. This is so annoying. <laughs> We're going to leave this in. <laughs> we're leaving it in. Okay, that's how you know we're real and authentic. Okay, so the rats are going to be eating each other. They're eating the infants. I guess the question is, if they are able to eat adults, why would they bother eating the infant? I guess because they don't put up a fight. I mean, they're they're starving. I, I, I mean, I get it. They're protesting. I miss restaurants, too. <laughs> Am I going to resort to infanticide to protest? I am not. But I, I do understand where they're coming from in a like weird way. Like I kind of like identify with them. Well, hunger does drive people to extreme measures. Yes. Um, the center and cannot rat. hold. It's spiraling out of control. <laughs> okay. So nope to the cannibalistic rats, the infanticidal rats, the nope. rat rap battles. Nope to that. Um, but there is a lot of um, – a lot of credence to the whole thing that in the absence of people, it's like the Chernobyl or the DMZ dead zone where animals are reclaiming places that used to be uh, exclusively for humans. And I have a yes. few examples of that. Um, so this is um, comes to us from – oh, God, I can't. Of all the languages I can't speak, I think Welsh is the worst among them. But I cannot yeah. say – <laughs> it's got two L's. I don't even know what you're saying. <laughs> it's got two L's and it's not Lama. Landudno. Sorry to the Welsh listeners Landudno out there. Landudno Junction? Oh, is that a place that I should I think know? so. I think that's a place in Wales, yeah. Well, there you go. My God, look at you. Um, <laughs> okay, so that's a place Our where finest she- living Welsh <laughs> geographer. <laughs> Have you been to Wales? No. <laughs> oh, you're not missing much. Uh, so um, that's a place where, uh, interested Wales, sheep outnumber people three to one, uh, kind of like New Zealand, I guess. And um, because of the uh, the absence of people, uh, this town, Ladudo, has been invaded by 122 Kashmiri goats. Yeah. Who I live know. nearby on the hillside? They're, They're very good-looking goats. They yeah, are like, have, you, have you seen the picture? I the saw times. the picture. It's like handsome. They're handsome goats. They are really like beautiful animals. Yeah, they have they have those uh, those curved horns, and uh, they say that sometimes they wander down anyway in in bad weather. But because of COVID, they are now running wild. They are so they're just over taking the over the town. Yeah, I think they say they should they just have it. They, they gone, should have it. It's gone from a ghost town to a goat town. <laughs> so are they just like sidling up to like the restaurants and like yeah, order- totally. Like they're battling the rats, <laughs> and they like food. it. They call it they free like- entertainment. And uh, Carol Marubi, who is on the town council, she said they are curious. Goats are who is she? Yoda. 
<laughs> they talk yes. like Yoda and Wells. They are curious, goats are. I think they are wondering what's going on like everyone else. So that's a different theory. She thinks it's not the absence of people. She thinks it's curiosity. Kills the cat. Hope okay. it doesn't kill the kill the goats. The okay. Goats. Okay. <laughs> okay. But um, that is not the only. What do you call that family of goats and she ovine? Is that what they're called? Ovine? Bovine. I thought that Bo- was just no. Sheep. Bovine is cat. Bovine is cows. Ovine. Let's call them ovine. Um, okay. Elsewhere in ovine news, um, uh, sheep videos have become very popular. Um, and in fact, they are the new Yule Log. So you know the Yule Log on Christmas where they just play the log on like Channel 11 and then people have it on in the background. It turns out that there is a six-hour loop of grazing livestock that is taking the internet by storm. It is called Relax with Sheep, and uh-huh. it is produced by the Schaefer Vineyards in Napa. And it is uh, the the sh- the sheep are sourced from a nearby sheep farm called Woolly Weeders. And uh, people are captivated by it. It's uh, hypnotic. People say that sometimes they watch it live, sometimes it's in the background, sometimes they have it in an open tab in their browser, and they hear the sounds, and then once in a while, they just go to check in with the sheep. This um, is beautiful. This is not a nope. This is a Oh, just, just, just wait. Just okay. wait. It <laughs> takes a dark turn. <laughs> So what do these sheep do? Well, they're in a vineyard, which is very nice. There's no grapes in the vineyard, but you can see it's a vineyard. Sometimes they rest and sometimes they march around in those like flocks. Um, And mostly they just stand and graze. But this has been debunked now. Actually, it is not six hours. See, and part of the magic is that it's six hours. Like the time is passing. It knows no beginning or end. And Actually, it is a one-hour looping video that was recorded in March, to which I say, can't they live stream it? It would be so much more meaningful if it was just 24-7 live from the grazing pasture. Who cares, though? Like, if it's like, (laughs) did something different happen? Like... No, it's the Do you need like proof of life? Like you need them to like hold up a newspaper? Like no, otherwise watch like a David Attenborough documentary on BBC. Like No, I want the real action. It's like I got I got sucked into this rock and roll Seder from City Winery and they uh-huh. had like Perry Farrell from Jane's Addiction oh, I love uh, him. doing Dianu and they had all kinds of like folk rock people doing That's it. So I was, cool. I was super psyched for it. And it was starting at six. And I got there at six, and it turned out that it had been live streamed at three, and this was the recording of it. I said, fuck that. I could watch a recording of a Seder anytime. This could have been last year. It took all the excitement away from it. I mean, I don't I, I don't feel the same way about that. Okay. I wouldn't, yeah. Okay. I mean, especially, like, find the Seder, but, like, especially when it comes to, like, sheep roaming free in a like in a vineyard Vineyard. like you need that to be like absolutely current well that's a a trigger for me maybe they're changing maybe they're evolving maybe they're getting shorn i don't know but okay for me that's a no that's a that's a no (laughs) so um i do have we can't get enough goats and sheep in this i i can't believe i actually have three organically that i found organically farm to table (laughs) content this is the farm to table episode of nope i think we have our title there so um we're all doing these uh sad 
Zoom conferences. And at first we were like, oh, you could do the background. And look, here I'm in the beach in the solar system. And now that's old news. So they found a new way to spice things up with your Zoom meeting. Um, it's not a background. It's from something called Sweet Farm. And a co-founder and entrepreneur, Nate Salper, um, in the ultimate pivot, people, all these businesses are pivoting and leaning into COVID. He is leaning into COVID with a new product service called GoToMeeting. Like GoToMeeting, but GoToMeeting <laughs> with a number two meeting. For $65 in one of those little Brady Bunch boxes, you can have a goat, sheep, a pig, <laughs> a cow, or a turkey participate in your meeting. <laughs> And the most popular are llamas. And as a result, he goes, every meeting is different. Um, it is an exciting prospect. Could you imagine if you were hosting a meeting and a llama popped up? It is very exciting, but I really feel like this is a huge opportunity for corporate espionage. Well, actually, they say that privacy is key because <laughs> it's like this llama, you know, is it an authorized llama? Is it Zoom Did they sign you? an NDA? Like, is, is there a release? <laughs> right. Yeah, what if the llama hears some trade secrets in the in And the tells meeting? the competitor when they're in their next meeting. The llama's not loyal <laughs> to it one brand. A, he, he doesn't get a performance review at any point <laughs> in this process. It's a disaster. So that's problematic. Um, but the users love it. Here is one customer uh, that left this feedback on Twitter. He said, because life is stressful, work is stressful, and working remotely can be challenging for our daily team Zoom meeting today, I had Paco the Llama call in from the Sweet Farm. It was delightful. Isn't that nice? That is nice. I mean, listen, whatever gets you through the day. I mean, <laughs> if you need a llama in your meeting, like, I'm, I, I, I'm just... Sunset gonna... low. <laughs> It's that bad. <laughs> I'm just going to support that, you know. I would love. I, I would. Here's what I would like. You know, on CNN when they have the whole panel of people who are, no, who are no longer a panel, right? They're just like, or MSNBC. There's like Claire McCaskill and Sanjay Gupta and all that. Right. They should there's just like have birds a on a wire. They should have yeah. a llama. Yeah. They should have a llama come up. <laughs> just have it bleed at you or spit at you or something. I yes. just think that's that's a bridge too far. I appreciate the spirit of livening up your Zoom meetings, but I think <laughs> animals and humans should not mix. This is not the appropriate venue <laughs> to bring animals into a business setting. There's a reason we don't have animals working at a company, and it stands today as it did yesterday. Nope. Right. Nope it's true that. on Zoom. It's true in the office. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Oh, this has something to do with COVID. I'm not sure what. So uh, I'm going to pivot a little bit, I guess. Uh, do you have Disney, the Disney news streaming? Disney Plus. Disney? Yeah, yeah, do you have that? Yeah. You watched, uh, what's that, The Man Mandalorian? Was that on that? Yeah, I watched like one episode just because I wanted to know what everyone was talking about when people were freaking out about Baby Yoda before everything turned Is Baby Yoda an animal? Is that an animal or is it a person or something in between? What is no, it? No, it's, it's a Yoda. I know, but what is a Yoda? What is a Yoda? I, mean, I guess what I'm really getting at is can humans and Yodas mix? Yes. <laughs> okay, you've evaded my question, <laughs> except to say they can mix. Okay, so um, Disney Plus has been enormously popular, and they're rushing, ushering in all these movies from the 
archive that had been popular, and they decided that they were going to add Splash. They were going to make Splash available. But as you probably know or could intuit, um, they have the highest wholesome standards because it's Disney. That's a family company. And they thought it would be okay to run Splash because it's rated PG. But when they actually rewatched Splash, which I have not done in 20 years, but I remember it fondly, they realized that in 1984, this movie featured nude scenes, even though it was rated PG. And uh, in IMDb, it justifies it by saying this, there are many scenes of nudity, mostly female, but in one case, male as well. This movie never, nevertheless got a PG rating because the nudity is all non-sexual nudity, and it is essential to the plot. All parts of the body are visible at one point or another, except for pubic areas or genitalia, which we never see clearly. So my question is, like, basically, it's just boobs, right? Well, because Daryl Hannah, for those of you who are unfamiliar with Splash, Daryl Hannah is a mermaid who washes ashore. And so and meets Tom Hanks, right? Meets Tom Hanks, and they fall in love. It's like um, the Shape of Water, basically, <laughs> but less creepy. <laughs> but, like, but funny. Eighties, <laughs> like with a meat cute, right? Right. So this is—it's not even the point. It's just as I was reading this, I was reflecting that like it's mostly female, and there's no genitalia. So why don't they just say there's tits in it? Like I don't know. Every movie—it's just boobs. Something. Well, because her whole bottom is like covered by the fish scales, so there wouldn't yeah. be yeah. Right. right. But, uh, okay. Anyway, so uh, how did they address that? That was deeper than I Mermaid wanted to Mermaid Anatomy. <laughs> 101. You're, you're our world's favorite, most accomplished mermaidologist. So how do, if you are Disney, then how do you address this moral conundrum? And what they came up with was that they use digital fur technology to cover up the nudity. What is digital fur technology? Is what is that even? <laughs> it is the same technology they used for the ultra-realistic effects in Cats, the recent oh, movie. No. Oh, which no. Was the, which was oh, the no. worst effects ever. Absolutely um, not. I saw, I saw some screenshots. It kind of just looks like long, blurry hair. With like a little bit of like pixelation on it, so I don't know why it's fur. So, so I have I have a lot of questions. First of all, why f- why is fur the paradigm with which you cover up nudity? Couldn't it be? I, I don't know. Just put one of those black strips there. Just you know, blurry. Just like make it blurry, or right. actually, I mean, they or have blend the in the background. They're, yeah, they're they the have... best animation studio in yeah. the world. Put some, put some, uh, put a thong on her. A put mermaid some scales, thong. like <laughs> scales, add some, some scales. gill. There's plenty of things that cover fish. Slime, gills, <laughs> fins, <laughs> slime. There's all kinds of things. Why would you have digital fur? And then, as I said, like cats. Like it shocked me when Cats came out that the best animation company ever in the world somehow like the the effects were shitty. It was I didn't realize Cats was a Disney movie. Oh, was it not? I thought I don't know. Well, they said it was the same technology as Cats. Maybe they stole it from Pixar or wherever it came from. I I have no idea, but I think that we should watch Splash this week. That's my assignment for you, and we will do a deep dive into the look and feel and plot. I oh. am I am so into that. I okay. am so totally into that. Okay, so nope to nope to the revised splash. Well, remains to be determined if uh, the the original splash is a yup or a nope. I have fond memories of it, but I was thirteen years old at the time. Yeah, so same. Who knows? I love. Who it. knows? Okay. okay. Um, 
Rachel, I had this other episode, uh, this other item. I'm, I'm just going to skip it. We've talked about all this stuff too much. I want to. You have some good stuff here. I want to let you leave okay. for a while. Okay. Um, yeah. So, I mean, ugh, I, again, I find myself talking about Donald Trump, who I just I hate more than I've ever hated anybody in my entire life. Um, and I hate talking about him, but talk about him we must because he is the biggest nope in all the land and somehow manages to plumb new depths every single day. And uh, I don't know, rem- like when he was running for president, remember, he used to always say that he's going to hire only the best people. And by that, he meant the worst people, grifting relatives, members of crime syndicates, shady business associates, felons. They're all now on the payroll of the American taxpayer. And then this week, just when we thought we've seen it all, we met a new member of this cast of characters, and his name. <laughs> I, don't his know. name I, don't, I don't know what you're going to say. His <laughs> name is Joe Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real name? Yes. It's not like a mob name, like Joey Pizza. Joey Pizza. Joey Stromboli. And um, he is no relation to Matthew Calamari, who is Trump's former bodyguard, who caused a sensation when his name came up in the Michael Cohen hearings, which were like 100 years ago. But anyway, so Joe Pizza, what can we say about Joe Pizza? Uh, Joe Pizza is a founding member of a band called... (laughs) Called Muffin. Muffin? Yes. That's just the name. Not Muffin Top, not Blueberry Muffin, just Muffin. Oh, he's a founding member of a band called Muffin. He is also the CEO <laughs> of Interchem, which sells um, chemicals to pharmaceutical companies. And one product that Interchem sells is hydroxychloroquine, oh, which is course. that anti-malarial yeah. drug that Donald Trump keeps pimping at these daily you know, propaganda press conferences as a miracle cure when literally nobody knows yet whether it has any impact on COVID patients. And might, um, in, fact, and might in fact kill people. We don't it know. might have some very negative effects. Josh took a five-day course when he was in the hospital, and the doctors told me, any doctor will tell you this, they are basically flying blind and they're using the drug because it's likely to have minimal negative effects and it might help slightly, but they have no idea. It's an act of desperation. It's not a strategic medical move guided by science and data. Okay. So anyway, back to Joe Pizza. Um, he, <laughs> he lives in Palm Beach where he has a large home just two miles from Mar-a-Lago. And he is perhaps unsurprisingly a big donor to Trump super PACs like America First Action. He gave the group $125,000 in 2019. And Joe Pizza has also made large donations to other organizations that back Trump, like the Trump Make America Great Committee, the Republican National Committee, and Trump's very own political campaign. So it's just another example of Mar-a-Lago being just a cesspool of grifters where people can buy access to the president. And it's not supposed to work this way. And we don't know for sure that Joe Pizza is a member of Mar-a-Lago because they don't publish their membership, which they should if they're going to call it the like Winter White House. That should be public. But we know that Joe Pizza's wife, who's named Lauren Pizza, (laughs) wrote a memoir. She took took his name. She well, I want to know what I want to know what her maiden name was. <laughs> Me too. 
Lauren Pepperoni. <laughs> Stromboli. She she <laughs> she wrote um in her memoir that Donald Trump serenaded her with happy birthday at Mar-a-Lago. So I feel like um, they're pretty tight if, if they're going to get that. I mean, the, th- the, the reason this isn't surprising is that whenever anyone it, – like it's like he gives you the evidence. Like whenever he names someone – or let's say, okay, so he's, he's you know, randomly obsessed with this drug. All you have to do is scratch the surface. Who makes this drug? Some guy named Joe Pizza. Who's <laughs> Joe Pizza? <laughs> he funds he's Donald okay. Trump. It's like the, it's like the, the shortest distance between, like, Two it's points. not even. I know. Right. It's not, right. It's, it's not Occam's, a mystery. It's Occam's razor, right. I mean, he's had, think, remember when all the president's men had to follow the money and there were like 50 different steps and deep throat and all that no all you no, need is he's wi- like all committing you need is- crimes in broad daylight and confessing you know all you need is wikipedia type in joe pizza you'll find out i mean yes. oh, oh god so uh nope to, to joe pizza him? No. nope to lauren no. pizza nope to matthew calamari nope to all these people okay? <laughs> all the italian all the italian seafood all the <laughs> italian entrees <laughs> like i do we love, love the, italian we entrees love, we love the italian people and italian food but not the <laughs> not joe pizza no not joe he, pizza no okay but he's they're unworthy other- he's unworthy oh. of that name okay so per my theory of like working backwards when you name someone random like there must be a connection we heard a whole new batch of names or old names this week that uh, he is drafting into public service, right? Yes. Um, right. He so, being Trump, not Joe Pizza. Trump, yes. Um, so Jared Kushner, we talked about Jared's role last week overseeing the pandemic grifting team at the White House. And this week, Jared's portfolio expanded further. He and his wife, Ivanka Trump, are now on the White House's Council to Reopen America. Um, yeah. which, he, which, just, he, which he made up, by the which, way, during one of those campaign things. Okay. Right? He's okay. Like, it's like the can- – he's like, first it was the uh, the committee – to open America, reopen America, and he's like, "Oh no, but I don't want to." I like to call it the campaign or whatever the fuck he calls it. Whatever he just the makes fuck. things right. Okay, I shouldn't. It, but even they just want to reopen America without any like safeguards <laughs> or testing or like anything to determine that the virus is in retreat. Um, so that's disturbing. But someone, this is more important. <laughs> someone noticed <laughs> that Jared looks very different these days than he did ten years ago, and posted a series of side by side images on well, Twitter. It must be it must, all this responsibility must be taking a toll. Like Obama went gray. Like he must have like lines in his face. He must look. I mean, he's always boyish looking, but he must look like he's aged a bunch. He's. I mean, he definitely is looking more like a ghoul these days. Like his hair <laughs> has thinned like out, fan, and a he's phantasm. Like, lost weight and his skin is like more like gray um but i could never really put my finger on what changed about him but thanks to the um observational powers of a sociologist named Tressie McMillan Cotton, we were able to figure it out. Um, His signature dimples, which everyone was always talking about, were so cute. They are gone. They've been Botoxed into oblivion. He no longer has the dimples. Can you Botox out dimples or do you have to go into the cheek and insert a metal No, it's a muscle so you can Botox it out. So he no longer has the only thing he had going for him. <laughs> Wait, I, I do have a reverse question, though. If I want dimples, can I like exercise? Can I get them injected? Can I? It, can I? 
can I? I think it's a one-way street. Muscle? No, I think <laughs> you can only get a dimple reduction. You can't get a dimple increase. Okay. It's too unpredictable because, like, you're messing with the muscles, and I, I wouldn't go there. Okay. No. Okay. So, I, I mean, this is a huge. So scandal. good for him. He's doing something. He's looking after his own appearance. <laughs> and there's nothing. That's more what he's accomplished. He's he's well, when, when there's um, gotten no, when rid there's, of dimples. When there's no substance there, you got to pay attention to what you know. To style. <laughs> to, yeah, or what you can control. When you can't control peace in the Middle East, then you do what you can control. Which you control is... your dimples. You control your cheeks. <laughs> okay. No, Jared. Okay. No, Jared. Okay, absolutely not. So um, another person in Trump's inner circle is Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who is a raging idiot oh, oh. and a criminal with blood on his hands because he refused to close Florida beaches for spring break, allowing the virus to spread uncontrollably throughout his state. And now they have twice as many coronavirus cases there than South Korea, which has 30 million more people than Florida. So congratulations, yeah. Ron yeah, DeSantis. And, and it's mostly teenagers, so they're they're. So so there's no, anyway. Yeah, so they'll yeah. all be fine, right? All teenagers, right? So, but back to Ron. Um, <laughs> this week, Ron DeSantis um, designated a new business, um, a new type of business as essential that must be kept open during the pandemic. And that business is um, professional wrestling. No fucking way. Yeah. <laughs> no fucking way. Yes. I didn't see this. You professional didn't wrestling? Professional wrestling. So um, so coincidentally, this happened just as uh, Linda McMahon, Linda McMahon, who's a Trump supporter who founded WWE with yeah. her husband, Vince, um, she announced that her super PAC is dropping $18.5 million into the Florida for Trump re-election. So it's just a coincidence. Like, this is totally... Oh no, one thing has nothing to do with the other. And so, like... In what world is wrestling an essential business? I well, literally, I can't think of anything less get, He essential. should get sued. He should get sued by the Marlins and the Dolphins and all that. Because, like, if they can play, like, if why is wrestling more important than, uh, or the Heat, like, than, than any of the other sports? Well, at least in baseball, you can, like, keep your distance. I mean, in wrestling, you're basically, like, sweating on top of each other and, like, shoving your face into someone else's armpit. Like, it's right. like it's a... it's basically, like, aggressive intercourse. It's like it's... a vector. It's a vector for the spread of disease. <laughs> the whole thing is like a Michael Crichton novel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So, anyway, starting mon- this Monday, the Monday Night Raw program will resume, and then there's going to be the Friday Night Smackdown, and WWE is going to run live shows without fans after several weeks of taped programming and so the wrestlers are the wrestlers are just going to be spreading the virus everywhere and in a statement um a spokeswoman for wwe said as a brand that has been woven into the fabric of society wwe and its superstars bring families together and deliver a sense of hope determination and perseverance I mean, is it I'm woven speechless. into the fabric of society? There's nothing. There's <laughs> nothing that delivers a sense of hope and <laughs> determination than two people wearing leather chaps and fake fighting in an empty arena. Like this I, I'm is. I'm speechless. I'm speechless. All I can say is nope, nope, nope. I mean, it goes without saying. That's the most self-evident nope I've ever heard in my life. Like I'm, I really am speechless. Like no. but you couldn't write this. You couldn't no. make this up. No, it's vile. No. It's, it's uh, 
Yeah, it's as American as uh, apple pie wrestling. Okay, Rachel, we have time for one more thing if you've got it, or if not, we can move on. Um, let's just move right on to oh, the ups. Okay, like, okay. I let's just can't I, even. I'm so dispirited by that, especially by that last item. It's ter- The animals, it turns out, at the beginning were kind of like fun nopes. They were like yeah, borderline We, we were trying. Nope. We were really stretching to like find something <laughs> different to talk about because things no, are – <laughs> they fell into my lap. It was authentic. Okay. But now let's get to the upsies, the upsies with little rays of light, little beacons of hope that somehow got us through this terrible week. Rachel, it's over to you. Yeah. So, um, you know, I've been thinking that there are so few glimmers of positivity uh, on the political landscape for Democrats these days. But I have to give it up for the people of Wisconsin. Oh, right? yeah. They had that judgeship uh, election. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. These people risked their lives to vote after the U.S. Supreme Court struck down efforts to extend voting by mail amid this pandemic. Uh, we saw them Would- all standing in long lines because there was a shortage of poll workers. And they did this heroic thing just to exercise their rights to vote in the worst possible circumstances, like yeah, circumstances yeah. they never should have had to, and it, and it wasn't for endure. Joe Biden. There was this like the this judgeship, which is supposed yes. to be nonpartisan, but it's not really. It's really a Democrat Republican, and the Democrat won overwhelmingly. I think, which is yes, a very Jill good Karofsky, sign. Yeah, she beat is, the conservative incumbent Justice Daniel Kelly by a lot. Like by this a lot. was like which it is was, a great sign for twenty twenty. Like if we can get that turnout under these circumstances, especially with Vice President Stacey Abrams on the ticket, like. Hello. Hello. Hello, Yes, we need to keep going. We need to keep fighting. We need to get these fucking grifters out of office everywhere. So it gave me a glimmer of hope. So congratulations. I thank the people of Wisconsin. And they never should have had to risk their lives to vote, but they did it and they they killed it. So they're like first responders for democracy. Yes, they are. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, My up. My up, we're all watching a lot of Netflix at the recommendation of many people I trust, including my dad. I watched Unorthodox, which is the story of a young woman in the ultra-Orthodox community. In I Williams told you Bird. to watch it, too. It's so good. I know, but I yeah. like to give a shout-out to my dad. He, <laughs> he he was very emphatic about it as well. Um, and uh, it's a story of a young woman uh, in the Orthodox, ultra-Orthodox community in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, not a mile from here, um, who decides to escape their uh, crushing grip and go make a life for herself independently. It's incredible. I won't give it away. I haven't seen the last episode, so no spoilers, please. Um, but I think what it's a great drama. It's a great insight because we all hear these things about the ultra-Orthodox, or we do as New York Jews at least. And they have sex or a cheat, um, all these things. And you watch it, and it's a, a, it's an inside look at how that culture really works. And B, it's like it just it's a different level of crazy it's like like it it realizes it's any other religious fanatic community it's any other it, fundamentalist religion it's like it bears no relation to like normal judaism that's right and also like it's particularly timely because I don't know if you saw this in the news, but like they had a, a rabbi died and they had this mass funeral where they're like, it, w- it was like when the Ayatollah died. Remember that? Where like people are like yes. stampeding in the streets and they're famous anti-vaxxers and everyone has the measles and they're just, honestly, they're terrible people. So they, and they came have- out to a funeral in the middle of a pandemic and we're just right. like congregating. Yeah, th- so, no, this so, is terrible. So here's my controversial opinion. They say, so like they have 12 children or whatever and they're all excited about that in the and in the show, they say we have to have a lot of babies because we're trying to replace those who were lost in the Holocaust, which okay. sounds noble in a in a sort of 
strange way. Yet, with all of this nonsense they do, with the anti-vaccine and so forth, they're going to kill us all. They're going to kill gonna, us all. They're, they're going to kill six million people right over again. It's yes, terrible. It's terrible. Oh, it's terrible. I, I mean, science. We need scientific illiteracy is going to kill everybody. Fair. To that I say fair. Fair. <laughs> okay. But yup to unorthodox and yes. yup to Wisconsin and yup okay. to Jill Karofsky. <laughs> okay. Uh, wow, I feel a little bit better after that. A little. I mean, yeah, things are bad. <laughs> things so are... good. <laughs> it's pretty fucking bad. Okay. Uh, thank you for listening. Terrible week. But it was actually fun to do this podcast. Um, we will be back next week. We love being back on this regular schedule. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. Wanna be my new friend? We got a lot in common.